Oh, all right. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the first episode of a brand new podcast that I'm starting. Welcome to the Frozen Edge podcast. Now, this is a podcast that hopefully can inform and entertain you on some of the lesser talked about subjects in the world of ice hockey that I personally find fascinating, but don't really see anyone else talking to in talking about in depth. Um, so, for example, you can expect me to talk about. <clears throat> so, for example, you can expect me to talk about psychology in hockey. How do fans behave? What drives them? Why are some fan bases complete assholes and some fan bases completely harmless? How are people's incentives aligned? How are how do teams market themselves to cater to these behavioral tendencies and psychological triggers? How does how does psychology play into the work of GMs, coaches, players, agents, pretty much anyone in the hockey world? I'm very interested in you know picking their brain, seeing what seeing what makes them tick and how we as the consumers see the results of their motivations. Well, I also want to talk about technology and you can absolutely expect a technology segment every single podcast. Now by technology I want to talk about the future of sports technology and how that applies to hockey what the current trends are, what's the latest cutting-edge technology that's being fused into the world of sports, whether it be VR, whether it be AR in arenas, whether it be um, drone delivery, whether it be enhanced mobile app experiences. All of these things I want to cover and spread to the world because I feel that a lot of people don't know what exactly the the latest on that kind of stuff is and I feel that because of the experience I have which I'll talk about a little bit more before I jump into this week's technology segment I can really speak on what what's going on third of all I want to talk about the analytics community the culture behind not just the latest information in the analytics world not the latest, not just the latest models like R, RAPM or, uh, or what else we got? We got war, expected goals, etc. What have you? I also want to talk about the misconceptions that's around that community, the culture of that community, why some people are pro analytics, why some people aren't pro analytics, how we can bridge the divide, and more stuff like that. Like for example. It's pretty surprising, yet also, if you, depending on who you ask, not so surprising that a very certain demographic of people are hyper into analytics, whereas their exact opposite is completely against it and are more traditionalists, hint, hint. Um, so I'll be covering something, I'll be covering topics like that later throughout this podcast. As the uh, weeks come on, um, all right, yeah, here now, buddy, getting a little, a little more loosened up. Yeah, well, one thing I want to make sure is that 
this podcast isn't just purely informational, boring, NPR style, just just blabbering about topics in a super snooty way where you're like, oh, uh, well, listen, the ethnographic demographics of the psychology of the high hockey institutes of power and technology are really undermining the pinnacles of none of, none of that shit. All right. Uh, this is, it's going to be casual. It's going to be a fun time, hopefully a good listen. And hopefully you guys can tell me what do you like, what do you don't like. Um, and the podcast can improve as we go on. Speaking of keeping it fun, when we, I, I am expecting to get some guests on here that are uh, experts in their own right in some of these hockey-related topics that I want to cover. Um, and to keep it fun, I will be playing them in NHL 21 while we do the interview. So if that's something you'd be interested in seeing, as as interested as I am, make sure you stick around and, uh, you know, hang out. We'll Hopefully we can keep you guys entertained. And, uh, yeah, um, as you listen throughout today's episode and future episodes, please leave your comments and questions. I will begin doing a Q&A section at the end of the podcast once we start getting in some questions. So please do participate. Yeah, with that said, that pretty much covers what to expect from this podcast. I'm hoping it goes well. Um, hopefully it's, uh, it, it doesn't die after 20 episodes like some of the previous podcasts I've been a part of, but you know, third time's a charm, I guess. So today I want to keep it very short just to, you know, settle into the old, uh, back into the old podcast game. Um, today I wanted to talk about, uh, puck tracking. And how this is going to affect not just the NHL, but the hockey world in general. Now, for those of you who've paid close attention to broadcasts over this past calendar year, you've noticed that the NHL has implemented the puck and player tracking technology that they have at the 2020 All-Star Game. So when we saw those graphics on the broadcast where we saw where every every single player's name on a little uh, augmented reality looking uh augmented reality looking name thing that hovers over their heads while they were skating around and that automatically followed them that was an example of puck and player tracking at work now the plan originally was for the nhl to have the entire puck and player tracking system sent out and set up in every single arena in the NHL by the NHL playoffs for 2020. But obviously because of COVID, COVID was like, nope, not going to happen. And uh, we had to delay that until more recently during the conference finals and the Stanley Cup finals uh, that took place just a couple of months ago. Now, what we saw on the broadcast were uh, similar. Well, <clears throat> what do I try to say here? Oh, 
right, all right, all right, man. All right, Mike. Gather your thoughts. Okay. First of all, if you're familiar with the Fox Track Puck Glowing broadcast edition that we saw in the 90s, we saw a similar iteration of that that was used on broadcast to show uh, the path of the puck during plays, during replays. Now, I think that's actually there that was actually a cool little, cool little addition that uh, isn't as obtrusive as it was in the the '90s iteration, but also was clear enough so that the casual fans that apparently can't see the puck when millions of other fans can, there's zero chance that they can't see the puck with the addition of the puck trail glow that we saw on that broadcast. We also got data like player skating speeds, shot speeds. Um, one cool thing that I saw was player a team's defensive structure being outlined during a penalty kill. So we'd see how the Vegas Golden Knights players would move around and the formation that they would maintain while they were killing a penalty. We saw how that was different from, let's say, the Islanders' penalty kill. And we could see that as fans and get a better sense of structure from an angle that we didn't necessarily have back when we were uh, back in the usual broadcasts that we've all been accustomed to. Additionally, uh, the broadcast also gave us... Um, Time on ice stats. We also saw zone zone time stats, um, along with a couple of other early iterations of the broadcast, uh, the broadcast implementation of the puck and player tracking data. Broadcasting is kind of like the. To me, it really is the cherry on top of this whole puck and player tracking thing. I'll tell you right now, the NHL did not invest as heavily as it has into this technology just to show people a little miles per hour on a shot or uh, make it easier to see a puck. That's a, that's a very secondary reason to the main drivers of the, um, of the technology, which stem from two major things in my opinion one the actually you know what forget it it's not in my opinion this this is just straight up facts and anyone can verify this if they actually did their research one the puck and player tracking is huge for getting deeper player analytics and accurately assessing players when they're on the ice think of the analytics that we have publicly so far as far as things like shots per 60, expected goals, uh, zone entries, zone exits, etc. Think of that, but like on steroids. One, you'll have automatic, the data collection will be completely auto automatic. And two, we'll have deeper insights that we were not able to get just from the public data or just from uh, using our eye, just watching broadcasts. And two, because of that enhanced data, 
the NHL can make much stronger betting odds for their uh, sports betting partners like William Hill, FanDuel, DraftKings, etc. And thus, to, that should give the consumer more confidence in placing bets on NHL games. And then more bets equals more money in the pockets of the NHL. So ultimately, this is an investment to get a return, a fiscal return on investment. And this basically, pretty much every every team that's implementing this technology is banking on increased revenue from sports betting. And as we know, revenue these days without games is very crucial for the survival of some teams and for the health of the league in general um so i've uh so basically the analytics side of the analytics essentially inform the betting now who benefits from the analytics? I think anyone. I <clears throat> we we have to break it down by different cohorts. So first of all, the obviously the league benefits from the the um, the betting revenue that it generates. But for players and teams, you can have a more accurate evaluation of how a player is doing beyond just what the eye test says, beyond just what the expected goals or war models are saying based on the current available data so that just makes it more more tangible or or shall i say it's just more accurate to evaluate a player when you have this new set of data um you can see their speed their ability to defend like how how often they're in position according to how the coach wants them to be versus how often do they get out of position from the formation that they're supposed to be in their rush efficiency their back checking uh, consistency all these things are things that aren't are you could get uh, some you could get by manually tracking it would be cumbersome but you know there are people that do that kind of stuff and additionally, there's some there, there's new metrics that you just wouldn't get otherwise. Now, that'll help a player if their if their new analytics make them look great compared to before. That'll help them in salary negotiations. Uh, on on the reverse side, this information will help a team cut out a contract that might be overpayment for what they're getting out of it. So. It goes both ways, but essentially, my prediction is that the negotiations that a players and teams do will be a little easier, a little quicker, where because there's less there's less subjectivity in the performance and value of a player, at least on the ice, um, and in in turn that should make it. Uh, we, we should see a lot less underpayment contracts and overpayment contracts as that are as common and 
stupid, to be honest, as we do see, as, as we do still see in the NHL today. Uh, need no need to look any further than the summer of 2016 when all those atrocious contracts were signed. I guarantee if the NHL GMs that signed those contracts of David Backus, Lou Cheech, uh, Louis Erickson, etc., if they had the the data to show that hey these players they probably won't be worth these contracts and they probably won't be worth it a lot sooner than you think. If all that data can help inform those decisions, I think the health of the league uh, and the the overall uh, the overall quality of the on ice product goes up. If contracts aren't over bloated and preventing teams from maximizing their on ice quality because of poor contracts, um, I th- I also think. On that same vein, the NHL player agents, they're not going to have as much negotiating negotiating to do because they, again, there's a more objective measure of how a player is doing. So even so, let's say for the classic example is that is uh, during arbitration, when the arbiter looks at a player's data, he can clear, he can get a much clearer sense of how the player stands against other players in the NHL. Then he had then it's a lot less subjective and a lot less based on just counting stats. So we, I, you know, honestly, we might see these uh, player agents. They they might uh, not be doing as hot a uh, couple years down the road as they are now. So I don't know how what extent this is going to impact them, but to me, it doesn't seem like this helps. This helps them as far as getting their uh clients more money than necessary and, and of course like i said if your player was getting underpaid before this is great to to get them some more money next time if they're getting overpaid not so great but again if the data is objective then it kind of then, then it kind of becomes almost the agent kind of becomes uh, a, mo- a moot point where you don't really need that middleman. So I- I'd be curious to see how this affects agents and the role that they take in the future of hockey. I mean, that's not to say it's going to eliminate everything, but everything that they do, but, you know, could be a good chunk of what they do. All right, uh, moving along. What else when we're talking about puck tracking? Uh, yeah, player evaluation, we talked about that. Coaching, like I said, how well are strategies and routes executed in addition to to uh, who's, how, how is uh, time on ice being managed, all that stuff. Um, as a gamer, one of the, one of the best benefits that I hope actually comes to fruition is the EA Sports NHL ratings I hope that they become more accurate and more precise because EA, I hope as part of their recent multi-year agreement with the NHL and NHLPA capitalizes on the fact that the NHL will have this new data that gives us statistics like speed, like, um, like uh, shot power, shot accuracy, uh, all, all these things 
agility, data that we didn't have before and that they honestly had to like pull out of their ass with the way they rate some players. Hopefully this should make the uh, rating process a lot more simple, a lot more efficient, and more frequent. So I'm hoping that this enhances the experience for players, especially the ones that are the most frustrated by EA's lack of frequent updates. And even if they were frequent, a lack of accurate updates to player ratings. And <clears throat> this goes back to one of the biggest misconceptions in the EA NHL community and honestly sports video game community in general where people get too obsessed with a player's overall rating and not on the individual attributes that actually affect how that player plays in the video game. So, so I'm hoping that a more accurate rating system gives us a more authentic experience and that in turn makes the fans happy, makes, makes them more likely to purchase the new games and sp spend more on, um, EA on EA NHL games and hopefully makes it creates a positive loop for that business as well as the community at large. Um, now, lastly, I now lastly I want to tie it back to the betting angle. Um, like I said, the gambling odds they go up if sorry if they're more accurate people are more likely to trust them and the the more likely that they are to trust the odds the more likely they are to bet on the NHL and uh, the more and then the idea for the NHL would be okay if we get more betters um, we'll have more money coming in and we also have another we also have a new funnel that gets eyeballs on the NHL, we could get sports bettors that aren't you. <clears throat> Basically, we can get people that are sports fans, but not necessarily NHL fans. If we get them, if they get, if we get their attention on the NHL, we can convert them into actual fans and turn them into customers that go to games, buy merch, concessions, etc., just like any other. So. From a business standpoint, it makes it makes a lot of sense for the NHL. And for teams that are in other hockey leagues, this is absolutely with with the laws changing about sports betting, it's absolutely uh, the time to invest in the sports betting infrastructure. So I if you're listening to this as an owner, or a manager at a lower level hockey league or out or at a pro level hockey league in Europe, I would definitely consider uh, keeping an eye out on how the NHL's experiment with, uh, with uh, sports gambling has goes and consider investing in puck tracking technology and betting infrastructure yourself uh, later down the road. Um, I still think I, I, it's we're really at the tip of the iceberg with what the possibilities are for for markets uh, the for untapped markets. 
for untapped markets. So keep an eye out. I will share. I will actually be sharing the techno the piece that I wrote on uh, the on uh, puck tracking and player tracking for a client of mine that I worked with for a mobile app project. Um, basically, I was working with the the Vegas Golden Knights team on the Henderson Silver Knights mobile app and one of the things that I recommended to them was integrating puck tracking and player tracking how that affects their not just their app but their whole revenue streams their broadcasts their um their uh augmented reality ventures all of that is enhanced with puck and player tracking um digital product like the lead uh i believe his name is uh mcardle mr mcardle at the that's partnering with the nhl said the long-term goal is to create digital products that allows fans to go as deep as they want to go and to turn turn these aspects on and off meaning that the nhl wants to enhance the applications that they the mobile applications that fans interact with and uh, create either digital analytics packages or visualizations or um, AR versions of or a 3D model versions of broadcasts that fans can access on and pay for using their like a, a premium subscription and again with the world and sports in general suffering from the hands of COVID new revenue streams and diverse diversifying revenue outside of just the the ticketing and gate revenue that many teams rely on this is the time to get that going and set it up for a more sustainable and strong financial future in the in the upcoming uh, years so essentially just to wrap it up uh, I know this is a, this was a little little bit of rough. We little, little had a. It's been a while since I've talked about this technology, um, talked on a podcast solo, but I'm hoping that if you're someone that's unfamiliar with puck tracking, you learned a little something about how puck tracking works. Uh, I hope you're uh, able to get a high level understanding of what what it is and what the impact can be for players coaches teams fans etc if you have any questions please do leave them in the comments below um it, let me know your thoughts on puck, not just puck tracking let me know your thoughts on the concept of my podcast of the frozen edge podcast what would you like me to talk about what topics would you like to see covered do you have any questions right now i will be checking in on the these questions and answering them in next week's q a so please do send it in and uh yeah so without further ado uh 
Thanks for listening. This has been the first episode of this podcast, and I will see you next time. Peace.